welcome back to the podcast, The Lost Eras. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Jeff. And this week, we watched Captain America, The First Avenger. What did you think about this movie? Um, I don't know a lot about Marvel movies, so I feel like I missed a lot, like not reading the comics. Yeah. You know a little bit more about comics in general than I do. You tend to act like you don't know <laughs> about comic books. And then as we're watching movies, you'll be like, oh, there's this. This is from this or this person. No, that's that's not from a comic. You know, well, like it the is from history. a comic, but it's from another movie I've seen. <laughs> yeah, but how do you know these things? Because <laughs> I watched the movie. Yeah. Okay. Well, I really don't know anything about comic books. Everything is new to me. So I don't watch the movies. I don't watch, I don't read the books. So I didn't really like this movie that much. It was okay. It seemed kind of long for a comic book movie. Yeah. And you know, honestly, I just didn't really like the premise. Like I didn't like how he was in the military. Like it just was too military based i feel like superheroes should be like vigilantes just on their own doing their own thing not dictated by the military well he did kind of wander off and do his own thing well yeah he did but i don't know i just didn't like the military aspect of it i just i think that i'll enjoy some of the other people or superheroes better down the road when they, uh, I don't know, did the, did the thing and made him bigger and stronger. And then he starts doing his tour selling bonds, like defense bonds and stuff. Yeah. It had me thinking, I wonder if that was like a real thing back then. If people are going around just trying to make money. Well, I think it was to like raise money for the military because they needed extra funds. It was a very expensive war. Right, but I mean, I wonder if they used somebody like him as a prop to actually... Because the banks are making money, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I get that's, what you're saying. That's I don't what know. it seemed like. I don't know if there was a real Captain America. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Well, I did a little research on this because I wanted to know if it followed the comic books at all and how closely it followed. So, Steve Rogers is a rejected U.S. Army enlistee. And he was too small, but then later takes a top secret serum and transforms into the superhero soldier that he is today, which that pretty much followed the movie. I'm sure there's lots of little details that were left out, but in general. And then for the Red Skull, in the comic books, he is a Nazi agent. He's a protege of Hitler, and he initially wears the Red Skull mask, but then later suffers a disfigurement, which makes him look like the real Red Skull. Which I feel like kind of happened in here also. I mean, could he, have. They just didn't show that yeah, much, right? We didn't pick up that story that far back. Yeah, I guess he was disfigured the whole time and he was wearing a mask to look like he was real. So, or like a person. So, meh. I mean, it follows the comic books pretty well, I think. I don't feel like comic book readers would get mad at this. But like I said, I don't know all the details, so... There's probably a lot that's missing. It's following the general story. Right, yeah. So while watching the movie, 
we're following around Steve Rogers before he's taking the serum where he's really short, really scrawny. He's trying to do these physicals, uh, trying to enlist, and he's got this whole page filled with all these problems he has. And I'm looking at it, and, and I'm just wondering, because there's like special effects involved to make him look smaller, right? Or special effects make him look bigger. I don't know what the actor actually looks like in real life. But I wonder if he went too skinny, too small on the special effects. Did you notice how scrawny he actually looked? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that he is... I think he's closer to him tr- his true self while he's Captain America after he takes the serum. I think that he probably just worked out to get that size. But he's really tiny <laughs> before. I, I think it was exaggerated on purpose, so it was noticeable. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, for sure, but it's still, it's funny because he, it doesn't look, like his head looks too big for his body. A little bit. He's a little disproportionate, yeah. but uh, pretty but close. You get the point across. <laughs> yeah, so I, I found that very distracting. The other thing I liked about this movie, uh, since it was a World War II kind of based movie, is that the antagonist was Red Skull, and they he was part of a division of the SS called Hydra. So it it deviated a little bit. It wasn't the Allies versus you know Hitler, yeah, and the Nazis. It was not Hitler directly. It was oh, it's this branch Hydra, Hydra. yeah. And then I wondered. I start going down all these different conspiracies. Like they're using lasers and all this fancy stuff, like way too advanced for 1942. Yeah. 43. I know. I was like, I didn't realize that we had like these high tech spaceships and stuff that can just travel around. The Valkyrie. <laughs> in 1940. I think is what they that, that airplane. But, yeah. but at the same time, you start to wonder, maybe that stuff was around. Maybe. And we just didn't know. Yeah. It was just easier to hide back then. Right. Conspiracy. I wasn't around, so I couldn't tell you either way. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking but, of that. We'll go back to July 22nd, 2011. That's when this movie was released. And this year... Harry I wonder why they didn't release it on July 4th. So Captain America. Yeah, you know, that would have made sense. Right. <laughs> and I think it would have had a chance to do better in theaters if it was released earlier. Did it not do well? It did okay. So um, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 was released a week before this movie and that was the top movie captain america came in at number 10 and then number 10 in the theaters they're only like 10 movies running at a time anymore no for the year oh that's 2011 okay yeah Yeah. for the year though so harry potter was number one transformers dark dark of the moon which i've never seen any of the transformers that was number two Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1 was number 3. The Hangover Part 2 was number 4. And then Captain America came in at number 10. So, But Harry Potter was released the week before Captain America. So I feel like if it came out on the 4th, it might have done better. If it, if it came out first, more people might have seen it versus Harry Potter. Which I don't know because Harry Potter's awesome. So... <laughs> I think that it's just always going to draw a big thing in. And I feel like back then, Captain or, um, Marvels weren't as big as they are now because I, it was still early on. I don't know. I When this was the first 
Marvel movie to be released? No, this was. Oh, we're the, going in chronological. We're going in chronological. That's right. It's it was pretty close though. I think they started in like two thousand eight. Pretty early on. Yeah. Then. So do you want to get into the movie? Yeah, let's get started. So right off the bat, I'm confused. We have a scene where there's a group of researchers out and they're investigating this big odd object that looks like a spaceship that had like they're out in the tundra too it's like snowy and foggy and you can't see very well yeah and they say russia notified them of this which makes no sense like when would russia ever notify the u.s of anything yeah and then they go in they cut into the ship with like these lasers that look super high tech and they uncover Captain America's shield. Yeah, they eventually they're exploring the inside of this. Uh, it looks like a UFO crash landed in the ice, and they see the shield, right? The Captain America shield. Yeah, and then we cut over to Tonsberg, Norway, and this is March of 1942. So at this point, I'm confused. I'm like, is, was that last seen in the past, or is like what's going on? So then we did a rewatch to just get some clarification. And now I'm understanding that this was actually this very first scene was in the future. And now we're going back into time in 1942. But that was not made clear. I wish that they would have put the date at the beginning. Well, there was no date. There's no like we didn't we haven't read the comics. Yeah, we have no It didn't make any sense. Yeah. Like no context. Even getting to the end of the movie when this airplane crashes, we don't see Still it crash. Don't really know. We don't yeah. see it crash, right? So right. this is just like very mysterious. And then yes, we said we got to watch this movie again. Well, and at the beginning or at the end, I forgot completely about that beginning scene, so I didn't even put yeah, two nobody's and two together about that, because this movie is so long. It's like yeah. two hours long, isn't right? It? Yeah, oh, it's a long movie. Just again, I need dates, people. Like I always need dates. This was. We have problems with our horror movie podcast also with no dates. We just need some dates for clarification so we can follow the timeline of what's going on. That or apparently we got to read all the comics first. I guess. That but this seems like made a whole consuming. lot more sense that it wasn't like some UFO. Because I'm thinking Captain America's like Superman from Fighting. another planet or something. <laughs> right, like, it looks like a I UFO crash landed. I'm like. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is how Captain America gets here. He crashed. He's yeah, basically he like Superman. <laughs> Right? He's just an immigrant from another world. <laughs> but no. no. So, so as soon as you start watching it again, it makes a whole lot more sense. And then you feel like an expert yeah. in Captain America. Now we just know Just watching everything. it a second time. Yeah. So we it understand. definitely helped and, and made things a little bit more clear, but not perfect by any means. Yeah. So in Tonsberg, Norway... In 1942, a soldier walks in and he's looking for something. We're not really sure exactly what he's looking for. But then Filch from Harry Potter is in there and he's the keeper. Is it really? Yeah. I looked Hmm. it up. And he's the keeper of this castle thing. (laughs) I don't know. What would would you call it? I would say it's more like a church of some type. (laughs) Church-esque. Yeah. And so the soldier opens this glowing box. The Matrix dude. Yeah. What's his name? I don't know. The agent. Oh, Red Skull. We know him well, now as Red Skull. Oh, yeah. Schmidt is his name. Schmidt. Yeah. Yes. He's part of Hydra. 
Yeah. Which is a science division of Hitler's Hitler. army. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so... But I'm going to call him the Matrix dude. Okay. So, anyways, he opens up this glowing box, and then it kills everyone. Well, and the thing he's hunting for, we should say, is from some mythical story uh, from Odin's treasure chest or something. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Some ancient gods that have been worshipped. So, we don't even... Like, he doesn't even know that this stuff is real until he finds it, but he's constantly searching out these. Yeah. He needs superhuman powers. But, and also did we even really get explained what this box is? No, just that it's something. It's not the serum that makes him into red skull or makes captain America, captain America. So the, so what's this box? The box he's looking for power. And this box has this cube, which has, and I don't know how it works, right? Like, I'm not, you know, part of Hydra. But it's, they're using, they're trying to harness its energy to power other things. Like, you notice it's a blue cube. And later on in the movie, like, all their guns that shoot lasers are blue. Are blue. Everything, oh. like, that's where they're getting all this power from this cube. Okay. To put into other things. You know, I didn't get any of that, but thank you. Well, the... <laughs> little rodent hamster of a scientist that follows him around that follows red skull around for a while yeah kind of explains that like oh i can use all this for my projects whatever he says see this is why i need someone that is very into comics to sit next to me and explain everything while i'm watching these movies (laughs) i think that's maybe part of the reason why i never watch them to begin with because i just don't get it yeah, I hopefully hopefully it'll get easier as we progress through this. I think it will. Yeah, uh, you'll learn more about things, and you'll be it able to will or it, it won't. Me. If it really doesn't make sense and they don't add up, <laughs> we may not get through them all. Yeah, that's true. But here's the thing: this is like a huge franchise in America. Everyone loves Marvel, so I feel but like why? I feel like we're going to get somewhere with this at some point. We'll find but why out. Why do they like Marvel? Well, I don't know. So far, it's not proving to be great, but we'll get there. So, so they proceed to destroy the whole village. Yeah. So the box kills a bunch of people. And now we're the in the box. Well, the Nazis. We opened the box and made a comment to Filch that he's never laid eyes upon this and he goes it's not meant for normal human eyes and he goes of course that's why you haven't seen it then he closes the box until gives the order to basically flatten Destroy. the village okay yeah. well now then we cut to a scene where we're in the recruiting office and captain america gets declined he's not allowed yeah, let's to not join. call him captain america he's a scrawny <laughs> little fuck boy He's a scrawny little man. All right. Well, anyways. Let's not call him Captain America yet. He's okay. just a scrawny little person. Okay, well then what's his name? Steve. Steve Rogers. Okay, Steve is in the recruiting office and he gets declined. They're like, no, you're not You're not big enough to be a soldier. You have asthma. Like, there's just no oh, way. That- you're disqualified on asthma alone and yeah. they briefly cut over to it. I didn't write them all down, but there was like 10 things he had listed. Yeah. He really wanted to serve. His dad had died uh, while serving in the 107th 
division. And I think his mom was a nurse uh, in a tuberculosis ward. And I think she caught tuberculosis, didn't, didn't survive it. So he's just basically orphaned and wanting to serve his country. Yeah. Yeah. And so then we cut over to him in a movie theater. And before the movie, there's this clip on the war. And there's an asshole in front of Steve. And he is just like, you know, just kind of like being a heckler. He's like, hurry up with the film. Hurry up with the film. Turn this crap off. Like, I don't care about this. And so then Steve is like, hey, cut it out. Like, have some respect. And then the bully stands up and he's like 10 feet tall and Steve's like two feet tall. So then they go outside. They take it out back and he kicks the crap out of Steve. But then Steve's friend comes and ends up like scaring the guy off. So he kind of sticks up for him. Yeah. Yeah. He just. He'd been beaten down on Steve, and then next thing you know, another guy his size shows up, like one punch to the face and a kick in the butt, and he runs away. Yeah. Like, well, clearly a he's a bully. Yeah, he can't pick on someone his own size. He's got to right. go for the small guy. But then when someone his own size comes along, he's scared, so he runs off. He skedaddled. Yeah. And then they're kind of chatting about how this friend just got his orders and so he it's his last night in town and they're gonna go out and celebrate and they're gonna go to the future which is like the was a world fair world expo the, the world exposition of tomorrow in 1943 so then it cuts over and they're at the expo and the friend is like trying to you know, be a good wingman. He gets two girls for them to hang out with. And then they are like walking around the fair and they see the show start. And Howard Stark is up on stage and he's giving a presentation of how the hover car is the future and it's only a couple of years out and they'll be all driving hover cars. So if this was really in a world exposition of tomorrow in 1943 been a few years we still don't have flying cars well the car crashes to the ground the second that it starts to hover yeah well and then he comments i said it'd be a few years like it's not ready now (laughs) but you know what i do think that there was this talk and now i don't know about the 1940s but i think like in the 80s the 70s and 80s they were like oh we're gonna be driving hover cars around like in 2020 well that never happened that talk is from Back to the Future. Okay. But I think it was actually a thing, too. I feel like people really thought that was going to be how the future was. Yeah. So I made a movie about it. We've got electric. We're just, we're waiting on the hovercrafts, you know? So Tony Howard, no, sorry, Howard Stark with Stark Industries is showcasing this hovering car. And that was something I had commented to you while we were watching the movie. Oh, Stark Industries. (laughs) And just talking about it like you should know. Well, we've seen other movies before. I think Iron Man must be part of Marvel family. Yeah, it is. Because Tony Stark is... See, it's funny. Because here's the thing about you. Is that you always forget that... Like, we'll have watched a movie and you'll be like, Oh, I've never seen that before. But really, you have. I think that that's the case with the Marvels. I think you actually have watched these. I don't think I've seen this movie. But Stark Industries is... Tony Stark, 
Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this is tying that to that. Like, I'm I'm looking for these things, assuming there's going to be ties to other things, but I don't know what the other things are. I just recognize this one. Yeah. No, I'm I'm happy that you're doing that. I hope you have more tidbits that just pop out because I don't know how any of this is related. So it does kind of help, and I find that to be interesting. That's why I like certain franchises in horror because they tie everything together. So it's cool. Right, so we'll keep looking for the ties. Yeah. Anyway, so Steve goes, well, his his friend takes the two girls and they go off dancing. And then Steve goes to try to get into the military one more time. There's another recruiting office yeah. at the fair. He's been, he's gone to how many? I can't remember. They say, but it's I been like five. Yeah. It's been a lot. Like how many times are you going to get rejected before you realize that they don't want you? However many it takes, Chelsea. That's yeah. how dedicated Steve Rogers is. Well, he goes in this time and it works. They let him in <laughs> uh, by some chance. They didn't let him in. There was a German scientist, doctor. He's American now, right? He says he's from Queens. We hear he's from Queens. But he's looking for a special person. And so they push him through, giving him a chance to succeed. Something really important to note from the scene, or I feel is important, is uh, the test that Dr. Abraham gives Steve while he's talking to him. And the test was basically how Steve answers his question. And his question was, so you want to go kill Nazis? Steve says no. He doesn't want to kill anyone. He just doesn't like bullies. It doesn't matter who they are or where they're from. Yeah, that was enough confirmation for the doctor. And that's the type of person, yeah, that the doctor's looking for for his experiment. Yeah. So now he gets to go be Captain America. Maybe. He gets a chance. So he's got to go to boot camp. But before we get to boot camp, we cut to a scene with Red Skull. Yeah. The Matrix dude, a.k.a. the Matrix dude. And his little scientist friend. And they're talking about harnessing the power from the blue block. And the power that they end up harnessing, they actually succeed because uh, it transfers some power into some battery-looking thing. And it's stable, says the other little tiny scientist. And they're talking about how it's going to change the world. So they've got high hopes. And then we're back on the base with the soldiers. And... Everyone's getting inspected. They're in training, like at boot camp. And they have this competition to get to the top of this flag or to get this flag at the top of the pole. And no one can climb it. It's been however many years before. 17 years, they say. No one's ever gotten it. Yeah. And so they all try. They scramble and they're trying and no one's succeeding. And then Captain America or Steve goes over and he unclips the pole So it just falls over and then grabs the flag. So then he doesn't have to finish the drills the rest of the day. And then later we have another scene with, you know, all of the guys running around training. Doing push-ups. Yeah. And Dr. Abraham throws a dummy grenade into the group of guys. Not Dr. Abraham. Oh, was it? captain tommy lee jones okay i don't know his actual name they were talking about why 
they were conversing at the back of a truck, yes, and uh, Tommy Lee had his favorite, his favorite's probably a bully, but he was talking about how he passed all the tests, perfect soldier, and Dr. Abraham saying, no, I'm looking for something other than physical perfection, and so uh, Tommy Lee goes, yeah, it's bravery, they gotta have bravery and stuff like that, and he throws a grenade into the group and yells, grenade, and his favorite candidate runs and protects himself behind a jeep like a chicken and steve rogers falls on the grenade right in front of agent carter's feet there and says get back get back you know so i have a question on this would falling on a grenade actually save anyone else or would it just ensure that you die because i feel like the closer you get to one the likelihood of you dying goes way up if you're if you are on top of it, can it not still explode and like kill other people as well? Well, I think it's not so much the explosion that kills people; it's the shrapnel. Because you know, know, not all grenades are the same, but they're all—they've got them little tiny squares. You know, they're made yeah. up of a bunch of squares. Right. So it all flies off. So basically, those, he those would be shielding everyone. Where each square comes in contact with the other square, it's thinner there, so they're designed to break apart. Yeah. And all those little square pieces and the shrapnel goes and flies. So it would potentially theoretically fly into his body. Only him and not. Okay. I wasn't sure about that. I was like, I feel like that's not like, I feel like other people would still get injured, but I mean, specifically talking about Steve Rogers here, he's barely enough body mass that it could, (laughs) could have gone right through him and still hurt somebody else. Right. But he was doing what he could. Yeah. So, anyways, that basically proves that he is superhero material. So, Dr. Abraham later comes into Captain America's, like, bunk room. And he's talking about the serum and that it makes good people, or good become great and bad become worse. And then that's why he chose Steve, because he's good. And he asks him to stay good no matter what happens. And then he's going to be going in for his procedure tomorrow. Well, he started explaining all that because Steve asked him, why me? Like, what makes me so special? Yeah. Another important uh, line in there from Dr. Abraham was uh, people forget Nazi invaded Germany first because he used to be German. Yeah. And so. Well, he is German. Yeah. Well, he's from Queens. So he's, you know. (laughs) He's American now. Right. <laughs> While the doctor was sitting there with Steve, he also explains about the serum. When you, you mentioned him talking about the serum and the serum not being ready because uh, he used to work with Schmidt in Hydra, right, for Hitler's army. And Schmidt experimented on himself. That's how he you know got the permanent red skull and everything like that. That's how he realized that good become good, but also bad become worse. He also explains why he thinks Steve Rogers is the best candidate for the experiment. And that was because if he was a strong man, people that have been strong all the time kind of lose the appreciation for the power. And Steve, being a weak person, uh, would appreciate it. So they end the scene with, doctor telling Steve to remember who he was and remain a good man. So now Steve's on his way to his procedure 
and they're in a car. Peggy is with him and she asks him, well, he first he points over and he's like, hey, I've been beaten up there before. Who's Peggy? Peggy is his love interest. Peggy Carter? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know her name was Peggy. I just thought it was Agent Carter. Yeah. She is, you know, one of the, she's in the military, but she is his love interest in this. So she asks him why he never runs away when he's getting beat up. And he says it's better to push back. So this is just another sign that he is superhero material. He's not scared of a fight. He's going to stand up to the bullies, even if he is too small. But they go into this antique shop and. Well, before they go into the antique shop, they're still driving around in the car, riding around in the back of the car. Uh, He makes a comment where he calls her a dame because they're talking about dancing. Oh, yeah. And she makes a comment back to him about how he doesn't know how to talk to a girl. Yeah. Was dame like offensive? Well, I think it's just like it's like a. It's, I mean, it's not like how you describe someone that's, like, classy. Okay. Like, I feel like it's not, like, derogatory, but it's also not, like, proper, you know? Like, you would call her a lady. Well, no, I, I got that from the movie. I just yeah. didn't know if... Yeah, I think... I mean, I feel like that's accurate. Like, you wouldn't want to talk to someone and be like, hey, you're a pretty dame. You're a hot dame. <laughs> yeah. Look at that broad. Like, it's just something that you wouldn't say. <laughs> but it was kind of a funny conversation. It yeah. proves he really doesn't know these women. Like, he doesn't know how to talk to them. He doesn't have any experience because no one is interested. This is the longest conversation he's had with a woman. Right. No one's interested in him. But in a few minutes, all of the chicks are going to be interested in him. You can't call them chicks, Chelsea. <laughs> Girls all and of, women. All of the dames are going to be interested in him. <laughs> and probably some of the guys. Yeah. So they go into this antique shop and there's an old lady in there and she says, oh, the weather has been nice today. And Peggy or Agent Carter is like, yeah, but I always ca- I always carry an umbrella. Which is the code for let me in the back door. Yeah. So she, the old lady pushes a secret button behind the counter and lets them down into this underground facility. The gun. Did you notice the gun under the counter next to yeah, the Yeah, but like also what was the point of showing that? I'm not an arms. Oh, I don't know. What was the point? Yeah. Maybe just so everyone knew watching, you know, that kids and adults that she's, she's armed. She's in on it. Yeah. <laughs> but that gun, I don't like I, I was trying to say I'm not an arms expert. But it looked like it was German-ish. Maybe not. Well, maybe she is German. She's a convert. Yeah. Anyways, so. So they walk down into this facility. They get him strapped in to this onto this table. And then the doctor comes over and he's hungover from the night before. He makes a comment about how he drank all of his alcohol. <laughs> That he was going to save to share with this guy. Mm-hmm. Well, and everyone is also looking extremely worried. Like, they're all just like, oh, this, we're probably about to kill this poor kid. I know somebody asked why this facility was in the center of Brooklyn. 
and the response I got was to use Brooklyn's power grid because you won't give me my stuff, my generators. <laughs> yeah. So they do end up infusing him with this serum. He's like in this giant tank and it sounds painful. It sounds like he's in pain. And so they go to shut it down, but then he tells them, no, I can handle it. Like he yells through the tank thing and is like, no, I can handle it. Keep going. So then they do. So this tank thing that they've got him in, whatever it is, it reminds me of Zingbot. <laughs> yeah, big it's brother. The best way to describe it. Also, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have a theory that this underground mm, facility becomes the future home to the men in black. Yeah, probably. Headquarters. I don't know if that's related to Marvel or not, but Tommy Lee is also in that movie, so would make sense also another one i've never seen before you've never seen men in black no. oh i've seen that one i know it's like hard to admit all of these that i've never watched because i just pretend that i know what people are talking so about i love how you like agree <laughs> with me you're probably right <laughs> yeah. but we i yeah it's probably not even related no idea no I idea both in new york i think i don't know i just know that they dress in black and they're male, <laughs> hence, predominantly. Hence the men in black. That's all you know. <laughs> yeah, I think there's aliens in it, too. So That's, that's, uh, Anyways, that's the whole movie, yeah. Captain America pops out. He's Mr. Badass now. It's still Steve Rogers. Yeah, but he is definitely a lot bigger, a lot more muscular. He's going to need some sort of support. He's taller and... Agent Carter notices because she walks I think up to him. Everyone notices Chelsea. <laughs> but she walks up to him and he's like, She's like, How do you feel? And he's like, Taller. And she's like, You look taller. <laughs> you seem taller. <laughs> also, uh, we notice, I notice in this scene when she's staring at him that this is a recurring theme throughout the movie. She doesn't really talk a lot. She just likes to get right up in front of him. She likes to stare at him. And just stare at him. Mm -hmm. Very few words. Just stare at him. Yeah. Then a bad guy comes down and he looks so suspicious. Like how do people not realize that he is not supposed to be down there? He's like the stereotypical bad guy. He reminds me of a detective off that TV show Grimm. That's not him though. Not the same actor. Mm, I don't think so. He is a Nazi though. He's, yeah. he's snuck in here and he creates a, an explosion diversion to get the last vial of serum. Yeah. Which he gets and then he takes off shooting people running away. Well, he shoots the doctor. He shoots the doc. And then runs out. So now, badass Mr. America <laughs> runs barefoot down the street after him. Well, he doesn't chase after him right away. He comes to the doctor and the doctor just kind of, they share a moment. No words are exchanged. She just kind of points at his heart. Yeah. Remember remember what's in there. Yeah. And then he takes off barefoot in his capri pants. Yeah. Well, they were shirtless in his capri pants. They were his pants, but they just got short because he grew. Right. So he's running down the street after a vehicle, an automobile. Yeah. Is driving away. He's running after it. But, I mean, he's keeping up. Well, he's taking shortcuts. Yeah. yeah. The car gets into an accident, and then the bad guy grabs a kid as a hostage. 
And then he throws the kid into the water. But the redhead kid. Yeah. But this kid, I love it. This is like my favorite part of the movie. He looks up because Captain America is running after him. And he looks up and Captain America looks like he's like going to jump in the water to save the kid. And the kid's like, I can swim. Go after him. (laughs) So he continues on. And then the bad guy jumps into this submarine looking thing. Well, he's got wireless remote for keyless entry. And he hits the button as he's running towards it. In 1942. And it comes up out of the water. And it looks like Batmobile or Batman type plane thing. I don't know what it is. I love how at this point in time, we barely had invented the automobile that had manual door locks and he's got remote keyless entry for this high tech submarine. Yeah. So he gets in it and starts driving off underwater, uh, got away, but no, Mr. Rogers jumps in the water and swims faster than the submarine to catch up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So... He catches up and he pulls the guy out and the guy breaks the serum vial. And then he had taken like what a cyanide pill or something. Yeah. He, and dies. Well, he's, it's so funny to me. This happens in every movie. Who are you? Who who do you work for? And instead of just like, who does number two work instead for? Instead of just biting the cyanide pill and dying, you tell him everything, you know, I'm part of, hydra's nazi science division he's like when you cut off the head of one two reappear and hail hydra and all that stuff like now he's got a lead like just keep your mouth shut if you want to be a good villain don't say anything they have right. no idea now who you are, where you came from yeah yeah now they have an idea but that happens in every movie not just this movie yeah then we get a scene the bad guys are plotting and then the good guys are celebrating because now they have captain america so now Mr. Rogers here is all beefed up, right? Yeah. And he's just, he's just missed. He's still Steve Rogers at this point. Yeah. And he gets, uh, approached by, I don't know if his congressman representative, somebody, uh, not from the army, like saying, Hey, I got a job for you. Um, you can go with them and be experimented and poked and prodded, or you can come with me and help fund the war by helping promote savings bonds or defense bonds. And so that got me thinking because it's showing all these scenes where he's going town to town selling these bonds, you know, dressed up as Captain America. That's where he gets his name, Captain America, from trying to sell these defense bonds. Yeah. And another thing popped into my head when you see all the kids and stuff and even the adults like overseas, the guys in the armies overseas are reading these Captain America comics. Was Captain America comic just American propaganda? Well, but how how old is Captain America, the comic? How old is Captain America, the comic? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was really around in World War II time. No, but it makes me curious. So now we are in 1943. We're in Italy, and it says five miles from the front, which I didn't understand what that meant. <laughs> it's like the line. Wasn't like the front Italy line. enough? Is the front line is where the war is being fought. Okay. It's where the two opposing sides kind of meet. Are meeting. Okay. So we're five miles from that. And then Captain America is having an identity crisis. He's 
doing all of these stage performances, trying to collect money or funds for the war, and he's getting booed off stage. And he thought that he wanted this, but now he's just wearing tights. (laughs) So this is not what he expected from the military. He wanted to be out fighting bad guys. And then while he's having this identity crisis, he finds out that his friend from earlier, from the beginning of the movie, is is potentially dead. um, But for sure, others in his unit are captured. So he decides the report was the 107th was the division that his friend was in was 30 miles behind enemy lines. So 35 miles from where he was at. Yeah. And they'd been captured or what have you. Several died. Yeah. So he decides to go on a one man mission to save them. And agent Carter is like, well, I can help you. So she gets a pilot to fly him and her out over well, she doesn't get any pilot. She gets Howard Stark oh, yeah. in his shiny chromium plane right. to fly yeah. them over. So, like, I saw how his hovercraft went. I don't know if I'd want him captaining my plane or piloting my plane. Anyways, yeah, but he does so, it. He does it. And Captain America jumps out of the plane with just a parachute and his shield. All well, while active fire is happening. Yeah, so the plane starts getting shot at and... What's her name? Peggy Carter is arguing with him about how we're going to get you right to the front door. And he's like, no, you're, you're going to drop me now. As soon as I'm clear, you turn around and go back. She's like, you can't boss me around. He goes, of course I can. I'm a captain. Yeah. He's not technically a captain. I don't think in the military, but he's playing on to it now. They're right there, right? Yeah. So he jumps out. They turn around and leave. He's on the ground. Yeah, and we're at this base, and he sneaks in. He's making his way to the headquarters, and then Schmidt, or Red Skull, starts flipping all these switches. Captain finds his friend, and he's his friend is like just kind of like laying there out of it, and he wakes him up, and he's like, oh, how did you get so big? And he's like, I joined the military. Yeah. That explains it. It seems like he has found him just in time because he was strapped down to some kind of table. Yeah. Like they were going to start poking at him. Yeah. So now they're trying to escape and they come in. They have an interaction with Red Skull and he pulls his face off to show his skull. So it's just like a mask that he had been wearing. And now he's showing his true identity. And he says that they're both, they've both left humanity and he just needs to embrace it. Um, He has, and Captain America should too, because it's the way to live. They're above humans. But we all know. Captain America, he's the good guy. He's humble. Yeah. Yeah. So now he, he takes off. And in this like one man spinning propeller spaceship helicopter thing. <laughs> airplane thing yeah. and leaves the little the little uh, scientist dude the keys to his car and says, don't put a scratch on it. Yeah. <laughs> this poor guy. He thought he was going with them. It's a sweet car, too. It's a big, long nosed car, like an old Mercedes or something like that. I don't know. Don't yeah. Know what. It doesn't look like a real car, but. 
I mean, it looks like a real car, but I don't know what it is. So now Captain America and his friend have to escape escape. the exploding, self-destructing factory. Yeah. And so there's this beam and his friend walks across it and gets across. Okay. But then the beam falls. So Captain America has to try to jump. Well, across he, he clearly is not going to make it right like it's a huge it's a long jump he's got a double jump <laughs> yeah. you know what i'm talking about yeah like in super mario brothers like in video games where <laughs> yeah. you jump but then you jump jump again. again yeah to get across unfortunately we don't get to see the double jump the second part of the double jump no we just see fire a ball of fire rolls yeah. up we don't know if he actually lived or not yeah, and then it cuts over to the military base, and the captain guy is pissed off, and he's yelling Tommy at... Tommy Lee. Yeah, Tommy Lee. He's yelling at Peggy for losing their number one weapon, and she's just in big trouble for helping him. And then, what do you know? They, the lost troop and Captain America starts marching in, and everyone cheers. And now he's the hero. Peggy asks him... Or just tells him that he's late. And then he holds the little beacon thing and says he couldn't call his ride. Being all smart. Yeah. Yeah. And now I feel like he gets a promotion. He's not going to just be a stage actor dancing around asking for money. Like, they're going to put him to use because he's proven himself. While he was picking up his friend, he had noticed on the wall a map with, like, a bunch of different black flags for marking the different factories. So... He's got some information they need. Yeah. Yeah. So he's so valuable to them. He reports on all these locations and then they start planning an attack. Tommy Lee Jones is saying, I'm assembling or Peggy Carter. I don't know which one. They're assembling this group because he's going to need help. They ask him if he wants to go take all these factories down. He goes, I'm going to need help. They're like, I'm, a, I'm working on that right now. He goes, I am too. Because all the guys he saved, the ragtag crew of misfits that he saved essentially mm-hmm. that's what i'm labeling them they're all drinking in a bar and he's talking them all into helping him out peggy shows up in a red dress is talking to him staring at him comments back on you know waiting for the right dance his friend is miffed that she's not even paying attention to him at all like she won't break eye to contact with steve rogers but she had shown up to tell steve that Howard Stark wanted to see him in the morning. He's got some stuff for him to check out. Oh, yeah. And doesn't his friend even make a comment like, oh, now I know how it feels to be the sidekick or I'm something like that. I'm turning into you. This yeah. is my worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so then they, the next day they go down to the lab or whatever to go get his equipment. Right. And he's waiting. Yeah. He's waiting to go in and talk to this guy. And this girl, Lorraine, who I think works there, is flirting with him. He gets caught kissing Lorraine by Peggy. And now Peggy's pissed off at him. Yeah. And then he asks Peggy or confronts Peggy about her fondueing with Howard Stark. And then they make fun of him because fondue is just cheese. Yeah. And Howard <laughs> explains to Steve that Captain America that, yeah, I'm all about my work and my food, man. Yeah. Not interested in Peggy. Yeah. So he takes him down into this lab and he starts showing him different shields and Captain America picks one up and he's like, this is the one. I like this. 
And then they ask Peggy what she thinks. And she just starts shooting at him. And he, you know, blocks it with the shield. It works. So they're all like, okay, guess this is the one. And then she like walks off pissed. And they're both kind of looking dumbfounded. Like, what the hell just happened? I like her attitude. <laughs> no, that's not okay. That's why sh- That's why you shouldn't be kissing other girls, Steve. Does he ever even kiss Peggy? I don't think he does. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. they never hook up. Yeah. So then they start attacking. They're clearing. It's a montage. Yeah. At this point of. Yeah. They're clearing spots off this map. and Blowing things up. They're on this. Now on this one where they have to zip line down a snowy mountain. And then they have to land on this train. And basically it's a trap. And a fight breaks out. His friend falls off the train to his death. The train was a trap. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. So now he's pissed because his friend just died. But they do capture the doctor. Yeah. Chester, the captain guy, goes and talks with him. And he says that... And Chester is Tommy Lee. Yeah. And Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. And the doctor says that Schmidt's target is everywhere. He doesn't have a specific target. It's just everywhere. So he's no longer really a Nazi at this point. He is just a bad guy. Mm-hmm. So he's a villain. Well, he's part of Hydra. That's yeah. why he felt like he was above Hitler. Yeah. So, so now Steve is, has declared he's going after Schmid because well, he just killed his friend. So he rides a motorcycle in. Before, when he's he's in the bar talking about that, right? Yeah. Uh, Captain America can't get drunk. Oh, yeah. Did you notice that? No. Well, he talks about it. Yeah. It's because his cells are self-healing or something like that. And yeah, like so, he metabolizes so fast or something. Like, yeah. And so he just, he's not able to get drunk. How terrible would that be? I'm, I mean, it'd be fine. If I was Captain America, I wouldn't really complain. Well, there's no purpose, yeah, to drink at that point. <laughs> yeah. But you're still in the bar drinking. <laughs> I mean, that's kind out. of a benefit because then you could like use that to your advantage and make people think that you're drinking. You could take advantage of other people. Is that what you're telling me? Well, bad guys in bad situations, yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. You pretend you're drunk and then beat them all up. So he's on a mission. Yeah. And he gets on this bike. Yeah, and he rides into this base, and he starts throwing his shield around. He's killing people with it, but then he gets caught. It's the last factory left, by the way. I feel like he'd be good at pool, because the angles that he's having to throw that shield for it to bounce off and, like, kill someone, like, chop their head off, he he knows his angles really well. I bet he could be a pool shark. Maybe. So more people jump through the windows to help Captain and they start fighting like a big brawl breaks out basically. And Schmidt runs away like the little chicken that he is. (laughs) He's like a lot of talk, but he does a lot of running. Like all he does is run away in this. He's constantly running away. Yeah. So. Because he's a big bully. Oh, so Red Skull gets in that big valkyrie looking airplane thing i think they call it a valkyrie 
and he's going down a runway to take off, and Tommy Lee Jones shows up in Red Skull's big car. Yeah. With Peggy in the back seat. It's a three seater, so there's two front seats and one centered back seat. Yeah. She's already sitting in the back seat, and he just pulls up and says, "Get in!" And they start to chasing Captain the America. Yeah. Airplane down with the car. So they they're able to pick up enough speed for him to jump off of this onto the airplane on like the wheel yeah wheel set or something so he climbs up and he climbs as in as it takes off and they're basically driving up to this cliff and so they're able to also stop in time so that's like it i mean it all really worked out there was a lot of factors involved barely worked out yeah they stopped like right at the edge of the cliff and he makes it onto the airplane and he climbs inside and he takes over this little tiny plane thing that's inside They're of little like kamikaze bomb things, I'm assuming. Yeah. And he crashes it back inside of the big plane. Right. And so he's on the plane. Then he gets off the plane. <laughs> yeah. And then he's back on the plane. Yeah. And then he goes to find Schmidt. So they have a little bit of a they have a duel. A tussle. Yeah. They're fighting and then he kills him. Well, hmm. I don't know if he kills him or he kills himself or whatever. Something happens with the cube where the cube cracks or splits. Yeah. And it basically obliterates Red Skull. Yeah. Where it looks like he's beamed up in outer space. So maybe we see him again. We don't know. Probably. And then this cube must have got really hot getting rid of the Red Skull. So it like burns a hole in the floor and the floor and the floor and falls out of the airplane. Yeah, it melts through. Somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean because they had left germany and we're, it was on its way to new york yeah which we see that cube again so the cube falls through the plane out of the plane and he's trying to do something with this airplane so he's trying to take control but he, he realizes that it's headed straight for new york city and there's no way to stop it no way to turn it around well okay this is where it doesn't this is where i'm lost in this it does not make any sense and i feel like this is a plot hole because he's able to crash it but he's not able to stop it from going to new york yeah, he couldn't turn it right or left but he could i don't know about like up, it doesn't make he, it'll any go sense down. right it doesn't make any sense so he just goes down yeah, so... Tells Peggy he, on the radio he needs a rain check on that dance. Yeah, he calls her and talks to her. She's very sad. She's trying... She's like, give me your coordinates. Like, we can figure something out. And he's like, no, I got to crash it into the ocean. So the There's line no goes time. dead. He crashes it. Yeah, we don't see the plane actually crash. No, we just see it going down. And then the line goes dead. But then we get like a couple of more scenes that are kind of cut through they're quick they're searching for this weird box thing in the ocean well, howard stark stark enterprises is leading up the search i think they're searching mostly for him yeah um, and they come across this cube yeah they find the cube and he wants to keep searching and one of his helpers says that's where the signature ends and he's like keep searching so they're still looking for him as far as we well know. and it's like why he should have just given his coordinates when she asked because at least they could do a search and rescue for him. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense, but and on it, the second watch through, this is when I realized they were still searching for him. Yeah. And in that first scene of the movie, that's when they finally find him mm -hmm. or at least 
so many years later, which we don't know when exactly. Yeah, he must be frozen in the front there behind his shield. We just yeah. don't see him. But he's there. And then they take him back to New York to put him in that. Yeah. And we don't know how facility. long he's there before he actually wakes yeah, up. Because it didn't show a year. Right. Anything. We find out at the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and we also see Agent Carter. She's sad. She gets a file on him and she's kind of flipping through it. So basically at this point we think that he's died in this crash. Right. And then we cut to him waking up in a room and he's got a shirt on that says SSR. Right. Which I initially, our first watch through, I thought, Oh, like USSR, like Russia, like where is he? But SSR is the abbreviation for the Special Scientific Research Division okay, yeah. that he was a part of. I was thinking, oh, he's waking up in Russia. Like, they've captured him. Yeah. Like and he's going to have to get it was out. It's very confusing to me. Yeah. But you have to remember all these other <laughs> things going on in this movie. Yeah. And so he wakes up and a girl walks in. And he, he also there's like, there's a window open. So a breeze is coming in. And then... There's a radio in the corner playing a baseball game and he's listening to it and you can tell that he's like thinking that something's not right. And so this girl walks in and he asks where he is and she says that he's in a recovery room in New York City. And, and that's not a lie. And well, and it's not. <laughs> he's actually right in the middle of Times Square. But he says that that game was old and he knows that because he was at that game. And so he runs out in the middle well, he runs out into, you know. More guards come in and he just like busts out the wall. Yeah. He, we and see the outside was just like on a screen. Yeah. So he's like running through this building and then he runs out into the street and it's modern day Times Time Square. Square. Yeah. Times Square today. And then all of these cars pull up around him. So like, are they just sitting there waiting for him to escape? Like, what is happening? What, how are all these cars on alert? Just they're waiting for him to escape so much as maybe protecting the site. Okay. Who knows what else is here? All right. Well, then uh, Samuel L. Jackson gets out of one of these cars and walks up to him and tells him that he's been asleep for almost 70 years. And then offers him a Royale with cheese. And then <laughs> that doesn't happen. I'm kidding. But he does say. He's sad. Yeah, because he was he had a date and he missed his date. He's late so. for his date. And then that's it. And then we get some shots of Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam posters. We want you. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say Samuel L. Jackson is probably in other Marvel movies. I'm just guessing. Yeah, he seems Did the type. Did we ever type. get his name there at the end? No, but I'm going to guess he's probably in the next Captain America. So the movie ends... What did you think of that movie? Mm. Our first Marvel movie. I didn't love it. It. <laughs> I just didn't like the military aspect of it. I think I'm. I. I feel like there's hope when it's not so military based. I just feel like I do enjoy military movies. I just don't feel like they need to be superhero military movies. You know. Well, and he wasn't too superhero-y. Like, well, and also he, he didn't like really human. do anything. Like, Nothing he was special. He's just got yeah. a shield. Like, he didn't do anything like throughout most of this movie. And I get it's like his like creation story or whatever. So, but like it, 
it still didn't have that much action. Like he, he basically was just on stage dancing around for a lot of it. I feel like that was like a big part of the movie. And so the actual action at the end, there wasn't really that much. So yeah, I don't know. It was a pretty know. long movie uh, for a comic book movie. That's, that's all I got to say. Yeah. I did like the fact, yeah, okay, it's another movie about war, specifically World War II era. I do like the fact that it focused more on like Hydra being scientific. I don't know if Hydra was even a thing. Yeah. Let's assume it was. I, like, that's I mean, I, neat. I don't know. I don't know enough about Nazi yeah. history. Maybe it's too unbelievable. Like my brain can't imagine all this stuff like laser well, type. Yeah. Guns I back mean, in that's the, the thing. I feel like when you have all of this stuff, that's like <laughs> obviously not technology that we had in 1940. Or that's where it? I'm lost. Now, if you said that all of this technology came from outer space and landed in 1940, then okay, fine. Okay. I can get on board with that. But like, it's not, we don't have that. We didn't like how you have said that. Getting on board. So <laughs> think about it this way. Just you and me here. Alien technology crash lands on Earth, and now we are using their technology versus we create the technology, or somebody does, and governments cover up the fact that we have this Okay, technology. I mean, Which yes. one is more believable? I get your conspiracy theory, but honestly, for me, more believable is aliens landing on here with that technology. Is that because you've seen aliens before? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I can see we're not, I think I, I am more apt to believe that they've been around. This technology has been around. It's just been covered up. That's not the focus of the movie though. The focus of the movie is Captain America's origin. So he's basically created in a lab. Yeah. Essentially. And I, and he's I think GMO, that I Steve do, Rogers. I think that there's a lot of superheroes out there that are kind of created in a lab. I just, I don't like this one. It's just not my jam. I don't know. Maybe I'll like the next Captain America more. But so far, I don't love Do you think him. Captain America comic books were created by companies to encourage the public to eat GMO foods. Because Captain America was a genetically modified. And Object. you are what you eat. Yeah. So if you eat GMO, you will become Captain America. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you just need Stay to take with this secret liquid. I'll you inject you with this. it. You'll be fine. You can spray this corn with it. It's going to hurt. Just tough it out. It may feel like it's hurting, but it's for your own good. Well, okay. I have to say my moral of this, this story that I learned from this story is don't kiss other girls. Otherwise, you will get shot at. That is accurate. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's what this movie taught me. I would also say another moral of the story is don't go chasing blue cubes or you'll get a redhead. <laughs> okay. That's all I got. That reminded me of a TLC song. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, do you want to get into the ratings? Yeah. So how did this rank with the rest of the world? So on IMDb, it has a 6.9 out of 10. And then on Rotten Tomatoes, it has an 80%. Yeah. 
Is that high? T- to me, it seems really high. The 6.9 out of 10, I feel like that's probably fairly accurate. Because it's not a an 8 or a 9 star kind of movie, but 80% of Rotten Tomatoes. I thought Rotten Tomatoes was usually pretty hard on movies. Well, and that is actually like the critics score. The audience score was 75%. So it's a little bit lower. But I still I feel like that's high. In my opinion, this movie I'd give it a five out of ten or a fifty percent. Like here's the deal. Yeah, I don't even know I don't have other comic book movies really to rate it against. But it seems like every year you're watching previews and there's like five more comic book type movies that come out. Oh yeah, every year. They all feel exactly the same. It's Transformer something, it's Avengers something, it's Batman or Superman or something, you know, there's always like new iterations. And it's like, what are they telling now? Yeah. What's the new story? Yeah. I mean, I don't get excited about them. I, so this one, I feel like there's going to be better comic book movies out there. So that's why I'm thinking a five out of 10. I feel like there's going to be other, others that are better. So I'm going to just rate this like right in the middle. So this one, I'm going to do the same. I'll put it in the middle. It's the first one. Yeah. I don't know whether I put it higher or low. You said it came out in 2011 and they started coming out with Marvel movies in oh, 2008. Eight. I think, I want to say Iron Man was the first or it was pretty early on. So maybe this one will rank higher with more backstory. Yeah. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and also. We're just rating it as a standalone movie. Well, and I mean, well, I mean, yeah, I don't love the storyline, so I feel like that's pretty much where my rating is coming from. Yeah. But I do think like it would be interesting. I don't we are watching it in chronological order, but and that's what a lot of the websites said to do, but I don't know. I mean, maybe it would be better to watch in release date, so who knows, but this is the way that we are doing it. Let's do chronological for a few more and well, see. Well, we have to cuz that's what we've works. committed to. Let's do it that way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if we got a revisit, if we feel like a revisit, let's discuss that at the end of each episode. If we think a revisit, learning more would make the previous movies more relatable. Yeah, we can always add on. I mean, we can always. We'll add as we go. Well, next week, we are starting our Star Wars journey with Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. So what year did that come out? Um, to 1999. So is this one also in chronological order? Yeah, we are going to just do both of them in chronological order because that's what we decided. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I that would should say, be interesting. I feel like it's about 50-50 people say watch in chronological versus date released, but this is what we picked. So this is what we're going to do. I feel like it, it makes the story more complete like if you start at the very beginning of the story you don't have to worry about jumping back and forth and trying to figure out where in the timeline it is we know we're just going from the beginning so yeah i remember as a kid growing up i we had star wars trilogy so i think that's number three four and five uh four five six four five the six. originals yeah so the original three yeah so i know a little bit about star wars so that yeah. should help help me going into this when i ask you a bunch some of questions information on star wars yeah <laughs> like a skywalker a jedi i can tell you what a jedi is yeah you know? i've never watched any of the star wars so i am 
I am interested to see what I actually think about these. I know that everyone loves them. Like they're huge, but I've just never been interested in them. But I do think starting with the, not the newest, but newer, it might be easier for me to digest some of it because it's not going to be so old, you know? It's not going to look so outdated. Well, I, know you haven't seen the older Star Wars movies, and I'm not comparing the special effects of Star Wars to Alien, but it's that kind of era. I know. Era. Yeah. No. And I've seen like clips of the first, I think the first, the very first one here and there. So I do know what it looks like. And so that's also part of why I'm not that excited about watching them. But I think starting in the this set, with the 90s and two, early 2000s, I think it'll be a little bit more palatable. Yeah, we'll try it. Yeah. I think, you, so. I think you'll appreciate 4, 5, and 6 for what they are. I think the, mm. they were ahead of their time, especially yeah. in the production yeah. and directing. They were ahead of my time as well. Yeah, George Lucas was a good director, so. Yeah. All right, well, next week, episode one, starting with The Phantom Menace. Thanks for listening to the episode. Please follow us on Instagram and TikTok at The Lost Eras. If you like listening to us review movies, check out our other podcast, The Eras of Horror, and don't forget to rate and review. New episodes every Wednesday.